0: Hey, welcome to the Pittsburgh City Paper Podcast. If you don't follow us on Twitter, then you might not know that we spent the last few days at the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. We had uh, four reporters there, Ashley Murray and Ryan Dito, who are with me now. Hello, guys. Hey, Alex. Hey, what's up? Also Charlie Deech and Becca, who are not. Yep, not here. All right. Uh, I just wanted to figure out, you know, I was kind of running things uh, on this end from Pittsburgh, but obviously it's different when you're actually there. So. This is both of your first convention covering as a journalist, Ashley. What was different than you expected?
1: I was expecting more protests. Um, and we arrived there on Tuesday, and I will say Tuesday was the um, most active day for protests, from what I saw. Um, but it was it was really small groups, and then it was a lot of like just single people just by themselves, sort of, or maybe five people together, um, you know, expressing their views. I was expecting, like, huge marches, you know, like, you know, a thousand people, you know, taking over the streets, right. marching down to the queue. Um, but it was, you know, there was the the crazy Westboro Baptist people. There was, like, ten of them yeah. who got a police escort down the street. Really? Um, yeah, the police wouldn't let me in to um, ask them questions.
0: Yeah, um, didn't you have a... Didn't you d- tell a police officer you had a press pass and he said, I don't care?
1: Yeah, yeah. They, they were really tightly uh, lined up around the Westboro people. And I said, you know, can I go in and, and just, you know, talk to somebody? And and the police officer was like, no. And I was like, well, I have a press pass. And he was like, I don't care. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. he's <laughs>
2: Batman, too, by the yeah. way. <laughs> I don't
1: know if they were worried that, like, shit was going to go down if reporters started addressing the, the Westboro people. I don't know.
0: All right, Ryan, what was your moment? Yeah, you
2: know, uh my my like moment of craziness was was when Ted Cruz was talking. Like he came on. I think Ashley and I were talking about this. We were sitting together when we when he was talking and we were actually really impressed by his speech. It was very like well well said, well timed, like he had a clear message. You know, I think a lot of us wouldn't agree with his message, but but the way that he um just presented himself it was very presidential you know i saw a few people on twitter were saying like so is ted cruz running for president (laughs) you know and uh and then but then it just like it started like culminating you started Mm. hearing people in the crowd you could say they were going endorse trump endorse trump and there was just like this like this almost like this like cloud forming inside you know the arena and then he finished his speech and just this huge chorus of boos yeah. like rain down and and I, I, like i don't really i couldn't describe how i felt i was like it, it felt like my face was smiling but i wasn't actually moving <laughs> any of the muscles you know and i don't know if it was happiness or excitement or or fear or something i don't know what it was but it was it was definitely like that moment of like oh my gosh this it was like the culmination of the sideshow factor of this mm. convention. There was so much of that going on. Yeah,
1: yeah and, and it was, I feel like it was the most political moment that happened. Yes. Um, which like, you expect like the whole thing to feel like that. But that was honestly the most exciting and political moment. And, and they really did start chanting so loud while he was speaking that Ryan and I could not hear wow. him anymore. Well,
2: well, you know, I also uh, realized after, I didn't know this, but Trump actually showed up to his seat during Cruz's speech. Oh. So I think that was another thing that, I, like, I didn't realize, wow, because we we were up in the boonies, you know, and uh, I didn't realize why, like, that was happening that that was another reason that was a huge distraction to this like i said very well dictated speech it was yeah. not a bad speech and uh um and yeah totally in terms of the like that was like the most political moment and there was mm-hmm. so much non-political i mean in terms of the speeches a lot of family members just talking about how great yeah you know you know his dad is to her to her friends <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh
0: what, what i found so interesting i'm sure it was more visceral when you were in the room but there wasn't he didn't have a moment where he said, I'm not endorsing Trump, and people start booing. It's like this slowly – it's like he's getting to the end of the speech. He hasn't said it. He hasn't said it. Mm-hmm. He hasn't said it. And it's just like it, it was so – these things usually have such a starting or an ending point. There's yeah. such a – there's a, a pivot. And this was like a very slow, subtle yeah. thing. To like, And then when he gets to the end, you're like, oh, he's really – he's not going to say it.
2: Yeah, I didn't even – I didn't really even think about it until until the endorse Trump thing, and, and you could f- – could sense the tension in the room that it's like oh my gosh he actually hasn't said a vote for Donald Trump he's talking about voting for everyone else you know yeah. but don't vote for Donald Trump uh so it's, it's really interesting
1: and I'm not a political strategist and also I'm not gonna pretend like I've been covering politics for a very long time I'm a fresh young journalist um but if I were to offer some analysis <laughs> I think what Ted Cruz did was really fucking smart. Yeah. (laughs) I do. I I think that he, like, people who supported him before this are like, hey, we have respect for this guy's courage that he, like, actually, like, stuck to a principle, Yeah, you know, and I don't know. If Trump loses, maybe Ted Cruz, like, set himself up. Yeah. Do you think there's buyer's
0: remorse on the Republican side? Like, man, this guy... We might
1: have made the wrong choice yeah well i um w- when I was talking to delegates outside of the convention center in like the r n c party area <laughs> um these this married couple from Texas, um the husband supported Rubio and the wife supported cruz um and they were super nice to talk to, and um they just seemed like really reluctant, like, well, we're here you know, Trump is the nominee, we're going to be loyal, but they they seemed like they were just super disappointed and there was
2: And there was a lot of that going on, and, and this might also— they, um, I also um, met with some young Republicans, and a lot of them were from Texas as well, and I understand that, you know, Texas is Ted Cruz's home state, so um, that might be another reason why they were reluctant, but it's also a very big state. And, uh, yeah, one of the young Republicans just, like, asked the, the lieutenant governor of Texas— um his name's dan patrick uh not the sportscaster (laughs) uh and like well what about like another option you know like what if we don't like really support trump you know and and basically like dan patrick's response was not a like well you know he is he is our guy it was kind of like well you need to vote on principles and not on the personal kind of thing basically Mm. kind of uh in sharp contrast to, like, why a lot of people vote for people, they, like, they, they vote for a personal person. Like, it's not a, it's not because of, you know, the, like, principles of the party of why they always vote. Like, then why do we have people running then? I mean, uh, so, yeah, it is, there, I, I think there was still that kind of reluctance uh, with, um, you know, some of the delegates to really embrace them. And, I don't think it made it any easier because the convention was very, like, there were so many controversies over, like, four days. I mean, mm. the, you know, plagiarism, uh, you know, allegations, the... Uh, um, they caught it
1: SpeechGate. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: SpeechGate. Yeah. Mm. Which was like, why didn't they use that? <laughs> Obviously. Should have been calling Third us. Eye Blind. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Third Eye Blind. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, all the protests weren't, um nothing blew up, but only because they were, like, thousands of police there were thousands of police officers it was like a it was like a police state it really was yeah
1: let's let the listeners know that the there were more police and more journalists than anyone else absolutely at this at this place one
2: of the funniest things is when uh anything happened in public square which was like this new redesigned park that they just finished and anything if there was uh, a anti-trump protester yelling with a pro-trump you know protester it would just be over something stupid too like oh black lives matter oh no all lives matter and then they would just like start yelling right and there would be 15 journalists there in a second you know with their yeah. freaking camera phones out and i was one of them yeah. uh and uh, you know being like what's gonna happen yeah the and, adrenaline kind of takes yeah. you over and then yeah. nothing happened and that just, and that would happen every five minutes just in the
0: square where yeah. you would just see these like People moving from like circle to circle. It was uh, was a. Yeah, it's like that thing of like when you go to when you're like a tourist in another country and you take all these pictures of the tourist traps, right? Yeah. And you realize you come home and you have your pictures and you realize you were taking pictures of other tourists. Like that's (laughs) what you really get. So it's like you know we got these pictures. I was posting the pictures from Aaron. Uh, who was doing uh, some of the photography freelance uh, for us in, during the RNC. And one of the, you know, the controversy with the flag burning. Uh, and so he's obviously got his camera up trying mm-hmm. to get, like, an overhead shot. And it's, like, all cameras. yeah, Everything you see is cameras. Yeah. You have to, like, kind of peer through to see the police, to see the flag. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you end up taking
2: pictures of other journalists. And, like, I want to I I focus on that point a little bit, too, because um, – what ends up happening is that it's just, like you said, more journalists, more cops than, than actual people, especially local Clevelanders. Like, this convention was basically shut out in so many ways to local Clevelanders and kind of self-shut out. A lot of them just left town, you know? Yeah. Um, but also the ones that kind of stayed around, they, uh, you know, some of them weren't really uh, included. Like, uh, you know, you want to talk about your um, um, guy that we met, uh, the um, you know vendor?
1: Oh, actually. yeah. Well, he actually did make his way uh, right across the street from the Quicken Loans Arena with his table, uh, with what he was selling. Yeah, but um, only
2: because he he actually wasn't supposed to be there. He was like, no, I need a better spot. The city didn't give him a very good spot. And he's like, I need a better spot. And he just moved his table closer so he could get yeah, a better
1: spot. I, I, I followed up with him yesterday. He yeah. said nobody bothered him about that. Yeah, he just kind of kept moving forward Mm -hmm. migrating forward um but but his issue was that he was sandwiched between um two vendors one was from arizona and one was from nevada and they had really big displays and like you could just tell they were maybe like traveling operations like they just go around to all these different political rallies um and so he he was not making as much money as he expected and and so i I thought he was kind of an example of the, the local business guy yeah, he <laughs> sort was, of getting the he, shaft.
2: Yeah, he was he, he, he was like trying to like um, you know, make a buck off of this huge event that's come to Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland doesn't normally see these kind of huge, you know, events just like, mm-hmm. you know, Pittsburgh doesn't really see them that much. And uh like there's the story of that guy, there's a coffee shop that's like two blocks away that was dead because all of their normal you know, patrons worked at banks and, like, financial institutions downtown, and all of them just worked from home that week. So they lost a ton of business. I went to this uh, brewery about half a mile away. They actually created this own beer for the oh, RNC yeah, delegates. It was, like, called, like, uh, like the, you know, Red Elephant. It was, like, a sour ale or something mm-hmm. like that. Was it good? It was unconventional uh, ale. And yeah, then on yeah. the side <laughs> of the bottle, it yeah.
1: said, best served in red states.
2: <laughs> Did you but, have it right? Uh, I didn't have that one, actually. Mm-hmm. But... Um, and and so – but this place was great. It had great beer and uh, it was like a very cool, hip place that I think a lot of people would really love. But it's, like I said, about about a half mile, which isn't far. Yeah. Uh, and they were kind of expecting it and it was dead. Mm-hmm. It was dead the whole time. In fact, I, I was sitting there watching the Trump speech, just me, in the restaurant.
0: You know what's you interesting know? too is like when you go back – going back to what you said about there being more journalists and police than uh, protesters or marchers, whatever – there's sort of a self-fulfilling, you know, prophecy where, you know, when you see police and when you see journalists to an an average citizen, what that means is something is going on. <laughs> and when the police see the journalists, I mean, it's just like it just like creates this cycle. Sure. Yeah, um, it was
1: feeding itself. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, on my end at least, while there were certainly there was speechgate and third eye blind and the flag burning and all these different things, to me, it went down exactly as I expected it to. I knew that there were going to be some small controversies, that there would be some things, but it, to, I don't know. It was kind of exactly what I expected. I think was it what you guys expected in I, terms I, of the whole week?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. It's a, <laughs> it kind of just <laughs> turned out to be what everybody was saying it was going to be. Uh, the only thing that I would, you know, like I said, I thought there would be huger protests. Or
2: yeah, people. I, I kind of thought that too, but um, once we, like, Spent a couple days there, and you see, like, miles of roads blocked off with huge wrought-iron gates. Uh, You know, like I said, thousands of police officers, some from California,
0: some Mm -hmm. from Texas, like, all over.
1: Yeah, I took pictures of all the different patches. Yeah. Uh, It's on my Twitter if you want to check it out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's Ashley underscore Murray. All right, last question. What is your lasting image of your four days in Cleveland, Ashley?
1: I was going to say the police officer... Uh, Pulling Vermin Supreme over to get a selfie, but I'm going to change that. Um, My lasting impression is Media Row, which was (laughs) a a converted parking garage for uh, 90 outlets, media outlets, to like have their little workstations there, live sets, audio booths, and I mean, people were fighting—not fighting, but you know, like like going after a seat near an outlet (laughs) and like. I was all pissed because the Wi-Fi wasn't working and the bathrooms were in separate trailers because it was a converted parking garage. But then, like, you would see, like, you know, John Lemon walk past or Bob Schieffer doing a radio interview and, you kind of, and like, NPR station and you kind of, like, become a journalist fangirl. Yeah. Like, oh, those are the people that I've seen on TV over and over again.
0: That's funny because I, when I was listening to Steve Inskeep this mm-hmm. week, I was like, I wonder... If I was there, I would just go up to him. I'm oh like, yeah,
1: hey, man. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just like I I like you know peeped on NPR and like took a picture of them working <laughs> or like the BBC and, and that was it was a circus and I know that but it was also a little exciting and and I I remember that.
2: Ryan, uh, my last image was actually when I was, uh, when I was inside. Probably my favorite image was when I was inside during. Um, the cruise night speech and all the all the video cameras stopped working. <laughs> like all the video <laughs> boards and the whole area stopped working and they just started flashing and then it was like they went black for a while and they came back up and you could sense that everyone in there who was like just a fan like trying to watch was just like, what's going on? This is <laughs> this is terrible. And mm-hmm. some of them were like, uh, a lot of people were like, God, they, you, know, you know, they went on their phones at that moment even though there's all these speeches and then it was great. When it came back up, um one screen came back up, but it came back up in like like eight bit graphics. And you see like Newt Gingrich, seen, like, Newt Gingrich in like this like <laughs> like like he's on it in sixty
0: four. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that was that was like this is great. This is like something I will remember forever. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well if you didn't catch any of our coverage, you can go to pghcitypaper.com dot com. It's under our blog section. That's B L O G H. The H is silent. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Alex. Thanks. All right. Bye.